have directed Secretary Connolly to suspend temporarily the convertibility of the dollar into gold or other reserve assets. Where's the gold? This is the Gold News of the Podcast. Fergus Hodgson, your host. Thank you for tuning in. If you want more precious metals, mining, economic freedom, please do hit that subscribe button. Also go to goldnewsletter.com forward slash podcast for our archives. We have a repeat guest, one of my favorites, Tone Vase. I first met him six or seven years ago in Argentina at the Latin American uh, Cryptocurrency or Bitcoin Conference. Gosh, it's been a, been a long time, but Tone has been on a couple of times. And his last appearance on the show was How to Spot a Scam Coin. Now, I guess since that time in 2020, there have been plenty of scam coins come to the fore. So Tone, uh, yeah, Tone Vase is his name. He was a Wall Street veteran, I guess, for over a decade. And then he is now basically a full-time financial educator. He has focused on cryptocurrencies, but it's broadening out. And his two events are unconfiscatable in Las Vegas at unconfiscatable.com and the Financial Summit thefinancialsummit.com, which is in Dubai, both later in the year. So, Tone, tell us, mate, what has changed between 2020 and now in your own mind? What, what let's say, rude awakenings have you faced in your own observations of cryptocurrencies and then moving on to the broader market? Yeah, well, thanks for bringing me back to the show. Man, what a world of difference it is since uh, the last time I've been on the show. That was in the middle of 2020. Uh, we were in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, all markets crashed around uh, February, March uh, of 2020, started to rebound in April, just like back in 2009 when I was still working on Wall Street. Uh, no one believed the rebound, you know, the big crash, it's rebounding. No one believes it's going to last. No one believes it's going to last. And then, boom, next thing you know, 2021, uh, this was in gold. This was in the stock market. And this was also in uh, Bitcoin, uh, but not altcoins uh only like one or two altcoins uh made it to a new all-time high uh versus bitcoin of course not versus the dollar and versus bitcoin none of them did so uh i'm not going to talk too much about scam coins we did that last time uh, basically as a tldr on that if it's not bitcoin it is probably a scam and yes ethereum to me is an outright scam uh and an unlicensed registered security i have multiple episodes going back to 2017 and even 2016 about that. So I've never held Ethereum and I really couldn't care less about any coins other than Bitcoin. Uh, so we can just talk about the general markets. That was just the TLDR. Well, yeah, but we'll just, just clarify though, what is the distinction between Bitcoin and all the others? None of the other, none of the old coins, what makes them so much inferior or different? Sure. Uh, the number one reason is decentralization. So uh, eventually, when the world, I mean, I'm going to go back a few thousand years, uh, when the world discovered gold as money, it was basically the best money. And the only reason silver was ever money uh, is not because that it's better than gold. It's not as scarce as gold. It's just because gold was not divisible enough. And the technology at the time, or even the technology, uh, technology at the time, basically, was not able to subdivide uh, gold for small payments. And that's where we had silver and maybe even copper and bronze and some of the other uh, coins as money. 
starting in the 19th century, uh, we've had modern banking, especially the 20th century, where we have computers. Uh, computers are able to subdivide gold into the tiniest of micropayments. So if the gold standard is ever to come back and we're living in a world with electricity, uh, assuming there isn't like a nuclear disaster or something that wipes out the electric grid, uh, gold will always be subdivisible. So that means that silver is likely never to be money again because its only function was uh, the micropayment of gold, which would not be needed in a modern society, uh, even if we do go back on the gold standard. Now, Bitcoin is the next evolution of uh, money and a payment system together. Bitcoin needed its own rails uh, and its own currency in order to function, because if Bitcoin didn't have its own rails, if Bitcoin was created on top of the SWIFT system, then the government can just censor Bitcoin transactions. So Bitcoin, the currency, or Bitcoin, the asset, and Bitcoin, the network, are both called Bitcoin, which is a little bit confusing. Because we don't call the system that moves the U.S. dollar around the dollar uh, or dollar. We say the SWIFT system, or you, and then you can use like intermediaries like PayPal and others uh, to move it around. SWIFT system is more international. And domestically, you use companies like, you know, like the banking system and PayPal. Uh, but with Bitcoin, it has to be just Bitcoin. Bitcoin, the rails, Bitcoin, the asset. But Bitcoin, the asset, does micropayments with Lightning. And it does have a privacy, if you know what you're doing with Bitcoin. And all these other cryptocurrencies are either uh, securities of companies, like the Binance token or the former FTX token, or uh, any of these uh, utility tokens are basically unlicensed unregistered securities of companies. Or they could be registered securities of companies, but to me, they're securities of companies. Or... They're competing with Bitcoin, but just like silver and bronze are competing with gold. And if the technology is not there, then they could be useful. But if the technology is there, then they're just not useful. So while those are not really scam coins, something like Litecoin, for example, or Monero, they're generally useless and they can't compete. They're not as decentralized. Uh, they're not as secure. And they're just not needed because Bitcoin can do everything they do, and it does it a lot better. So that's why I only pay attention to Bitcoin, and I tend to somewhat ignore all the other ones. It's just like when I was trading uh, the stock market, I generally traded NASDAQ 100 stocks and S&P 500 stocks. Uh, that's where I traded. And I had friends that would trade penny stocks, like companies I've never even heard of, companies that were worth less than a penny on the pink sheet. And they were trying to convince me to trade those companies. And I said, why? I know nothing about them. Yes, I know they can pump to, you know, 10x in a single day. But that's because, you know, they're very easily manipulated. There's all these newsletters. There's coordinated pump and dumps. And I don't care to try and make, you know, 100x on a subpenny stock. I'd rather trade my Apples and my, you know, my Netflix and uh, Amazons. Uh, and all of these other cryptos are kind of like that. They're generally like penny stocks. They they don't they're not needed. They there's a one in a million chance one of these things is going to be successful. And I know I'm I'm not smart enough to know which one it's going to be. Yeah. So one of the advantages which you refer to or distinguishing characteristics is is the first mover advantage, which Bitcoin obviously has in this space, and therefore that establishes it as the quasi gold standard of cryptocurrencies. Now, I don't want to get too stuck on this. Like you said, we did go over it before and I encourage people to go to the show notes and, and 
re review that episode with Tone. Now, you say over time, of course, you you have broadened your interests and that does include precious metals, right? So what has particularly perked your interest in precious metals as, as a, as a, let's say, as a, as a transitional uh, destination after being known for the cryptocurrencies? Well, it's not that I uh, broadened my, like, I've always had that. So I was a bit of a gold bug before Bitcoin came out. I was just focusing on Bitcoin because it was a new asset and people really wanted to know more about it. But after talking about Bitcoin for years and years and years, I'm just, I started to get a little bored uh, talking about always a single asset. Uh, so I just went back to uh, talking about all the assets because prior to Bitcoin, that's what I really was focused on all the other assets. I've traded oil, I've traded gold, silver. Um, I'm more of an options trader on NASDAQ, volatile equities. Uh, so so those have always been my specialties. Uh, so now I'm just talking about it a little bit more uh, because it's good for uh, the crypto people to know more about traditional assets. And uh, now that I'm not needed as much as I was five, six, seven years ago in educating <laughs> on the basics, of what yeah. Bitcoin is. Now it's more of a household name. Right. And of course, if you simply hold precious metals, they're a bit like Bitcoin in that they do not pay a dividend. What is your preferred way to get leverage or to get returns from precious metals? Correct. So I'm not that high on precious metals. I do talk about gold. Uh, in the last five or six years, I've had the realization that silver will always depreciate against gold, just like other cryptos will depreciate against Bitcoin. I said this at first, probably around 2015, 16, when I started my YouTube channel. And since then, we watched the gold-silver ratio hit 120. And a lot of the, I guess, the silver bugs, mostly, uh, they keep talking about how silver needs to come back to his geological ratio of 17 to 1. And I don't think that's ever going to happen. I would be surprised if it gets to like 40 or 50 to 1. I think it's going to go to 200 to 1 or even 300 to 1 uh, because people are slowly realizing that even if the gold standard comes back, no one would use silver as money. Uh, so I try to educate people on things like that. I also would recommend people to... You know, it's always good to have a little bit of gold. I, I keep telling my audience I'm going to sell all my gold and I'm still being lazy about it. because I still have some from, you know, what a Bitcoin date. Uh, I still have a bunch of silver, too. That one I should have sold. That one I just feel stupid about. But uh, so um, I'm not a big proponent of buying and holding a lot of gold and silver. It doesn't earn a dividend. But the bigger problem is, um, sure, gold will keep up with inflation. You know, your gold coin bought you a nice suit 100 years ago. Uh, the dollar has devalued about 98% since then. And your gold coin is going to buy you a nice suit today. But imagine if you invested uh, that gold coin 100 years ago into the Dow Jones. How many suit factories would you buy today? Uh, would you potentially buy them all? Uh, so the problem with holding gold uh, and it's not paying a dividend, but it's not even the dividend. The dividend is a minor thing. Gold doesn't um, keep up in price with the advancement in technology. And in fact, since the creation of Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin has taken a lot of the value that would have gone into gold, into Bitcoin, because it is just better 
at doing everything gold does in our current modern age. Again, um, if you believe that in 10 years we're not going to have electricity, then gold is your asset. But if we're going to have electricity and then we're going to have the Internet functioning uh, or you feel that the Internet's going to be shut down, then gold is your asset. Otherwise, it's Bitcoin. And while it's good to hold on to some gold, uh, I believe that just putting it in the stock market uh, because it kicks out inefficient companies like Blockbuster and replay or Kodak and replaces them with more modern companies. Uh, and that's why the stock market always goes up and gold co and a gold coin will always just buy you a nice suit. Yeah, the the one the the important point you made about silver is that it's it's going to become more of an industrial metal with time, right? It, Correct. Yeah, its status as a precious metal seems to be fading because of the it's just inefficient, right? It was ju it's just lacking portability or convenience because it it it's less dense in value. Yeah, and and you're welcome to speculate on that, right? So. Um, I try to make this big distinction between an investor, uh, not a long-term investor like a VC, but uh, even, uh, let's say, a position trader versus an active trader. Uh, and I talk about both parts. Uh, you're a trader or are you a hodler, as I like to call it in the Bitcoin space? And I talk about gold more as a potential trade, not as a long-term hold. And there's nothing wrong with you know, speculating. I think gold is going to hit an all-time high uh, sometime in the next two to three years. I think the price of gold is going to go to three to five thousand uh, dollars. But that's pretty much it. Like you know, a doubling, maybe a tripling of your money uh, if you time the market right. Uh, but with Bitcoin, I think it can go ten x. Uh, and so, yeah, some of these old coins they can go a hundred x. But I'm not going to speculate on that because to me that's like penny stocks. Uh, oil to me is a very interesting asset right now as well. Um, I think oil is going to do uh, better than gold on a percentage basis over the next few years. Yeah, but you didn't respond to my question. If you don't mind me pushing back on you a little bit, Tony. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So if if just being a hodler, this hold on for dear life person with gold is not necessarily an ideal way to go about it. Maybe you would have some of you know a small portion of the assets and and just holding physical precious metals, but what are the do you get involved with mining stocks do you look at streaming or royalty companies do you play any other you know derivatives what how do you engage with this well lately i haven't really had time like if i was an active trader and not uh doing what i'm doing with organizing events and public speaking i would consider mining stocks but again as a speculative play uh very similar again to bitcoin mining stocks uh, and um, if I feel that gold is about to uh, reverse and go up uh, on a short-term basis, let's say three months to six months go up in price, uh, I may consider timing it with a mining stock instead of uh, with a gold ETF or uh, the futures market. It just, it, it's more how I feel in profiting from the asset, uh, but I personally uh, don't try to hold on to the precious metals for too long. I treat them more as a short-term trade. And, uh, and I do see a bull market in them coming in the next year or two. The Gold Newsletter is proudly sponsored by Inventa Capital Corporation, a venture capital advisory firm dedicated to the acquisition and development of assets in the natural resource sector.
Today, Inventa is one of the premier mining groups with a first-rate portfolio of companies and a world-class team. Okay, you refer to using ETFs and uh, some ETFs, some gold ETFs may be fully backed, but there's obviously, a, there is concern that they are like paper gold and only have fractional reserves. Are you concerned about engaging with a market or in a, in a way that is going to prop up these fractional or I wouldn't say necessarily fraudulent, but dubious uh, asset ways, ways of holding the asset? Uh, I'm not. Uh, I think GLD is a decently run ETF. It has a pretty good history. Uh, and again, I'm not looking to buy uh, GLD ETF and hold it for the next 20 years. Uh, I'm buying GLD ETF and holding it for maybe six months, maybe a year. And you know what? And if it happens that uh, during that six months or a year, uh, the ETF completely implodes uh, and my trade goes to zero, uh, you know, that's the risk that I take, and that risk is factored in. Uh, but this risk is not very high if you are using it, you know, to trade during a short bull market. And these things don't really blow up during a bull market. They kind of tend to blow up when uh, when it's a depressed bear market, as we're seeing in the Bitcoin space with FTX imploding and so many other companies and what happened there. So it's usually in the bear market that all the, you know, you flip a rock and all the cockroaches start running out. Uh, and uh, and I don't look to speculate to the downside on gold with these paper assets, only on the upside. And on the upside, these things don't usually blow up. Okay. You have always had an interest in, in the precious metals and just Bitcoin joined the fray and, and the interest has gone down there. Do you want to comment on how much the appetite has changed among buyers or listeners, readers, when it comes to learning about Bitcoin and more broadly, I guess if, if they're coming through you to other cryptocurrencies, has it just has it has it tanked as much as the prices? I, I saw your stream saying that maybe it was a sixty four percent decline to Bitcoin in twenty twenty two. Yeah, so this has been a very bad year. So this is uh, we're we're doing this podcast, I believe, near the bottom of the Bitcoin market, of the Bitcoin bear market. We've been in this bear market. Uh, it depends how you judge it, either from the all-time high of 68,000 in November of 2021, uh, or uh, where I think the top was April, just a few thousand less at 65,000. April 2021 is when uh, the bear market began. So that's, you know, we're coming on two years now. And uh, that's a long time, just like stock market, you know, it doesn't go down forever. Uh, it's going to reverse. I also feel that the stock market might reverse this quarter as well and start heading towards all time highs, uh, which is I'm one of the few people that believes this. Everyone <laughs> thinks it's going to keep crashing. Uh, yeah. But uh, I believe the market's going to reverse. And I believe the Bitcoin market is going to reverse. So right now, um, you know, a lot of people are disappointed. A lot of people are frustrated. A lot of people lost their money in these companies that collapsed. Uh, whether it's Celsius, whether it's BlockFi, whether it's uh, you know FTX and many others, and there might be a few more uh, in the next you know quarter that we're going to find out about. Just like with GLD, we have a very big problem with a GBTC, which is not exactly an ETF, but it's the closest thing we have, and it's the biggest one we have, and there's and it's trading at like forty percent below uh, spot below Bitcoin spot, and they are fully backed. And that is a huge controversy in the crypto in the Bitcoin space right now. 
uh, at least GLD isn't trading, you know, 40% below the spot of gold uh, on, a, a, on a relative basis uh, while claiming to be fully backed. And I do believe that they're both, uh, well, I don't know about GLD, but uh, uh, the Bitcoin one is uh, fully backed, but I'm, I'm diverging from the topic a little bit. So right now, people are getting frustrated and people are not very happy with Bitcoin. And that's how they're probably going to miss out on the beginning of the bull market. And then they'll be back once it's pushing uh, to new all-time highs. And then uh, people will realize that, again, the good thing is there's just so many resources now and so many good people speaking about it and educating about it that uh, uh, this is why one of the reasons why I want to move on to something else. Because uh, back in the day when I was educating about Bitcoin, there was very, very few of us uh, that were doing it well. But now there's just so many. Uh, that it's great. Uh, everyone has heard of it now. And uh, as the bull market comes, everyone's going to feel uh, that they're missing out, especially with how the Western governments, especially the Western governments, have been destroying the fiat system. Uh, that's been pretty much unprecedented. And since you and I spoke last, uh, the biggest use cases for Bitcoin are being shown. Since that time, El Salvador has adopted Bitcoin as its reserve currency. Uh, we've had Russia being kicked off from SWIFT. We've had uh, private Russian citizens having their assets seized uh, if they had their assets in the West, whether it's their bank accounts, their apartments, their yachts, all for political reasons. Uh, I mean, no one confiscated, uh, you know, a country in Europe didn't confiscate the like, like apartments and boats of wealthy Americans uh, when America invaded, say, Syria or uh, another country, uh, but yet the Russian government invaded another country and suddenly uh, a wealthy Russian person that doesn't even live in Russia gets his assets confiscated. These are the use cases for Bitcoin. And I'm so glad I own unconfiscatable.com uh, because to me, that is the number one use case for Bitcoin. Um, along with the censorship resistant value transfer. And people are seeing it on a global scale. We're going to have multiple currency systems, China, Russia. They're either going to work together or they're going to build their own independently. Uh, so the world is breaking up and uh, Bitcoin will be that one asset every person can use cross border across every country. And that asset can't be seized if you properly save it, protect it and control it. And one more to add to the list was the confiscation or freezing of, well, confiscation of donations and freezing of bank accounts during the Canadian Freedom Convoy. So even yeah, in these exactly. supposedly enlightened or liberal countries such as Canada, if you go against the regime, you'll find yourself vulnerable. Right. It, it's really incredible that Bitcoin has not gone up uh, with these events, but uh, the governments are not going to stop. They're only going to double down on these policies of uh, destroying your financial freedom. And eventually people will realize that Bitcoin is the way to get out of that. Right. But you didn't also, you didn't really respond to the question tone in terms of just reader or viewer interest is the interest of viewers, because I'm sure you have a sense of this, what they're asking about, what they're curious about, where has that moved over the last year or so? Has it really sunk regarding cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin? And if it has, where is it going? Well, um, well, thought I answered it. Um, it's gone down uh, because of the price drop. 
so my views have gone down. Most people's views have gone down. Uh, a lot of commerce, like people love to spend their Bitcoin when they're wealthy, uh, when they have Bitcoin and they're getting wealthy. Uh, I mean, you're going to upgrade your standard of living, right? You're not going to live in a cardboard box and drive a 30 year old car uh, when your Bitcoin is making you a millionaire, right? You're going to have to spend it. You're not going to hold on to it forever. Uh, but when this bear market lasts for a long time, you want to like, you know, disappear. You want to go back into your own personal, you know, lockdown. Right. Like, I don't want to spend my Bitcoin. Like, I can't spend it now. So interest at the moment has gone down, but it's completely correlated with the price. And eventually the last seller will sell. There'll be nobody left to sell. Uh, Bitcoin, uh, you know, continues to come off exchanges. Uh, the number of wallets that hold a single Bitcoin is now over 900,000 wallets. I'm waiting for that number to cross a million. Uh, because right now, if you're able to accumulate one Bitcoin at these prices of $16,000, if you're able to accumulate one Bitcoin, guess what? You're probably able to accumulate two Bitcoin. And that would that becomes your new goal. So as this Bitcoin comes off into these, you know, cold storage or as, you know, some gold goes into a vault, that, that doesn't really enter the market much until it doubles or triples in price. And now you're significantly wealthier. Um, so eventually the price of Bitcoin will reverse. I'm hoping very, very soon. And then a lot of interest is going to come back. Uh, it's incredible how many people buy the top, right? So as it keeps rising, lots of interest <laughs> is going to come in. That was, that, let's, let's round off with that, that sentiment because, or that, that topic, because you have been following the Bitcoin space and you've been, you've been basically the, yeah, this financial analyst, more publicly facing educator for about a decade now. And how much have you learned about the herd or tribal mentality of humans? As you say, so many people buy at the top and it seems so counterintuitive and yet they do. I, I mean, just this past year, for example, when there was the, let's say the, the, the height of interest in all these old coins and people would ask me, oh, what are you buying, Fergus? And I said, actually, I sold all my holdings. <laughs> and... Then it was it because I just said this is insane when you when when it's being promoted at the Super Bowl you know there's there's a lot of sort of mass interest that is is poorly educated so but what can we distill down a few lessons of human or tribal tribal behavior yeah. that you've 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 accumulated in the last decade. Well, I personally learned that I still have a lot more to learn, and while I did not buy the top. I, I didn't exactly sell the top either. So <laughs> I, I was on the bandwagon that Bitcoin is going to go higher. But that was more not only for fundamental reasons, but for technical reasons. I'm more of a technical trader. I'm a TA guy. Uh, I learned TA over 20 years ago. Uh, that's one of my main things. When I trade options, I trade them very differently. That's more strategic, not TA. But to me, when an asset breaks an all-time high, it goes significantly higher. Uh, and it's very rare that these exceptions show up. And this exception happened in gold recently, uh, around the same time it happened in Bitcoin, where uh, we hit a high of 65K in April, and then we fell 50%. And then we broke that high in November, but we broke it by just a few thousand dollars. And I thought we would at least double that before we crashed. But we only broke it by like 3%. And then crashed. And gold did something similar. 
You know, it finally broke that $19,000 top and it topped at like 20000 That wasn't normal. I was very bullish on gold after uh, breaking an all-time high. After so long, it usually goes way higher. I mean, NASDAQ did that. NASDAQ broke the all-time high of 2000 and 2015 and it doubled. Uh, that's how it normally happens. Bitcoin has done that multiple times prior. Uh, so that one caught me personally, uh, where I was completely wrong on timing that second top. I did well on the first top in April, but not the second top in November. But for most people, uh, that's the one thing I don't do. I don't chase. Uh, if you're going to buy into Bitcoin, you need to get into it long before it gets back to the all-time high. Uh, but some people, you know, they watch, they watch, they watch, and then they become that last buyer. Uh, and that's what creates the top. And that's what people have to realize that yeah. when you jump in at the end of the market, you are creating that final bubble. You just got to, you know, stay patient and wait and admit that you missed it and get ready for another asset. And this is why I try to uh, not to focus on Bitcoin so much now is because there's always a, there's always an asset that's about to turn around and pump big time. You just have to discover it. There's always something there. There is an asset, or at least there is a stock. Uh, that, but that requires a lot of research to find that single stock. Uh, but an asset class, there's always an asset class that's going to rise or going to fall. Like the interest rates, uh, I mean, that one, uh, people should have seen coming. I don't trade interest rates, but uh, the interest rate rising, uh, that was telegraphed by everyone, including the Fed. Uh, so, you know, shorting the bond market. Uh, was an obvious trade. So there's always a trade there. Uh, you just have to be on the lookout. Yeah, the big challenge with tribal or herd behavior, behavioral finance is that we're all susceptible to it, as you noted. We're not, we're, we all have these human characteristics and it's easy to poo-poo others or laugh at it, but I fear we, we, we're all vulnerable, whether, whether it's the endowment effect or status quo bias. There are many cognitive biases that humans hold. Now, if you want to learn more from Tone Vase, his two conferences are Unconfiscatable at unconfiscatable.com and thefinancialsummit.com. You can follow him on Twitter at T-O-N-E-V-A-Y-S and tonevase.com, the website also. Tone, it's great to catch up. Thanks for sharing your time with us. Awesome. Thank you. 